Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. This is a Tuesday edition of the show, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're continuing our ultimate NFC East crossover today, and we're going to take a deeper dive into probably the team that you want to hear about the least, or at least they're the most hated uh, in the Eagles fan base. It's the Dallas Cowboys. We'll take a look at the team that nearly beat out the Eagles for the NFC East division crown in 2019, but Carson Wentz and the Birds got the job done in Week 16 at the link. They win that football game. They win against the Giants Week 17, and they punch their ticket into the playoffs. Dallas has a lot of interesting decisions to make this offseason, so are they going to be the Eagles' you know, right-hand, you know, 1A, 1B competitor in the division still? Who knows? Because Dak Prescott is a free agent. Amari Cooper is a free agent. Byron Jones, their starting cornerback, who is linked with the Eagles, actually, is someone they could pursue. There's a lot of question marks to Dallas. They bring in a new head coach in Mike McCarthy. So, you know, if they're back with that same personnel, they're likely to be the team competing with the Eagles up top in this NFC East. But, who knows what they want to do at the quarterback position. You see those Tom Brady rumors floating around that Michael Irvin threw out there. So we'll get into all of that coming up in segments two and three with Locked On Cowboys host Marcus Mosher. And we also have another NFC East look here with Locked On Giants host Patricia Trena and Locked On Redskins host Chris Russell. So us four once again collaborated here and took a focus on the Dallas Cowboys as we continue this ultimate NFC East crossover. But before we get into that, some quick news here on the birds reports are and you know we talked yesterday how the eagles are not expected to re-sign nelson aguilar aguilar will likely part ways after five seasons with the team which means of course they needed wide receiver no matter what happened because deshaun jackson's really the only guy guaranteed to be back next year you know he's going to be 34 alshon jeffrey has a huge contract hit you know a huge cap hit but they might move on from him. Nelson Aguilar likely to be gone. So regardless, they were going to have to add pass catchers, but specifically Aguilar's role over the past three seasons was he's that guy inside that slot receiver that you could go to. And now without that, Greg Ward filled in, I thought brilliantly down the stretch last year. I thought the way he played outside of Deshaun Jackson week one, Greg Ward was the best receiver the Eagles had last year. Those four, those final four or five games, they didn't get better receiver play from anybody the entire season outside of, again, Deshaun Jackson just blowing the roof off Washington week one. So you do have Greg Ward as an option still inside, but odds are you're going to want to add more to that spot. It doesn't have to be a slot-dependent guy. If you add, let's say, a big-name free agent like an Amari Cooper or a Robbie Anderson, and then you draft a rookie, that rookie could be somebody that plays inside. You could also rotate guys like Cooper in there or, you know, Robbie Anderson. Deshaun Jackson really likes to play inside, but a specific niche slot guy that could be coming to town to compete with Greg Ward is Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. CBS reported today that the Eagles could be very interested in Robinson. Apparently last year they actually called Kansas City about his availability, maybe wanting to trade for Robinson because the Chiefs were featuring Sammy Watkins in their offense, Tyree Kill, and Miko Hardman. So Robinson's an option now. He's an unrestricted free agent. Probably not going to cost you a whole lot. He's 25 years old. Last year, just 32 catches, but as a fourth receiver, to get 449 yards, average 
14 yards a catch and four touchdowns. I mean, that's an exciting player with some really good explosiveness, short area and down the field. You saw a lot of deep bombs that Patrick Mahomes connected to Robinson on that. I really like that idea. If, if you want to more so prioritize heavy assets at wide receiver in the draft, let's say the first round, maybe even the second round as well, go for guys like Henry Ruggs or LaVisca Chanel, Jalen Rager, KJ Hamler. If that's the real plan, then I don't mind going with you know value signings in free agency like a Demarcus Robinson or let's say a Brashad Perriman from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think those are good options for the slot role, specifically Robinson, and he's a guy that you can have compete with Greg Ward and, and you know potentially a rookie or another free agent. So I really like that idea. It's inexpensive and you know he was very efficient for the limited reps that he got in what was a absolutely loaded offense last year with the Chiefs. So would not be surprised at all if the Eagles bring in wide receiver Demarcus Robinson to the group in 2020. All right, with that being said, we got to get into our Ultimate NFC East crossover, episode number two. We took a focus on the birds yesterday. You can find that podcast on any platform. Now we get into the Eagles' most hated rival, the Dallas Cowboys, right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. If you've been a listener of the Locked On Eagles podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Eagles is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Eagles fans. Just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Lockdown podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Eagles fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown podcast. Local fans love to support local business. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcast.com slash advertising. Welcome back to the Ultimate NFC East crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I'm joined today by Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, and Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins to talk about the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 and going forward into the 2020 season. Uh, let's go ahead and first start with the big news out of Dallas. The Cowboys made a coaching change uh, going from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. I'm curious to hear what your guys' opinion was of that move. Uh, Patricia, let's start with you. Uh, you guys actually hired Jason Garrett. Uh, what were your feelings on the, the Cowboys moving on from Garrett and hiring McCarthy? I guess I was surprised. I mean, well, maybe not so much surprised because, you know, Jason Garrett had been there as the head coach for 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had been the offensive coordinator for a few years thereafter. And really, he never really got them over the hump. Now, is that because he didn't have the talent? Is it because he got stale with what he was doing? Um, I think it could have been a combination of the, of all the above. And, you know, with Mike McCarthy, you know, he's, he's a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he has he runs a system that I think might be a better fit for the talent down there in Dallas, especially on offense. So I'm very curious to see how it all comes together. Uh, you know, I'll jump in here for um, uh, this is Chris Russell from Lockdown Redskins. I, I mean, I, I I think 
you know, McCarthy probably got a bad rap a little bit in Green Bay. Everybody's always going to side with the with the star quarterback, I think, right? But we all know how prickly Aaron Rodgers can be. So I think McCarthy uh, sitting back, kind of taking that year off to recharge his battery, spend some time with his family. Uh, I know in talking to a buddy of mine, Jim Hazlitt, who spent some time with him over the offseason, you know, they went to Cincinnati, or, you know, where Hazlitt was kind of based. Uh, and they had all these you know, film sessions and they talked about the league and they studied the league and they watched film of the league and they met with pro football focus and they did some analytic stuff to you know, better prepare each one of those guys that were in those think tank sessions and specifically McCarthy for the, green, for the you know, Dallas situation. You know, I, I, I think you live and you learn, right? You, you, you understand how to be a, how to fix things maybe that you did wrong that have been kind of gnawing at you. So I, I'm always like one of these, you know, I'd rather hire a recycled head coach. If you would call McCarthy a recycled head coach, I wouldn't because he's had an opportunity to learn and process what he did right and what he did wrong over a successful run, a largely successful run in Green Bay. Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't hate the the hire. It wasn't one that I think is going to really excite a lot of people. And maybe that's what surprised me that Jerry Jones – didn't go for, or maybe he did, who knows, but like again, this isn't a, a hire that's going to kill the team, for sure. Mike McCarthy, like you guys said, a proven winner. He's won a Super Bowl. He has worked with some great quarterbacks, of course, like Aaron Rodgers. I just... I was expecting heading into the offseason, like, okay, Jerry Jones is going to go all in for uh, a Lincoln Riley, right? Or, or an Urban Meyer. So I don't know. I was maybe a little bit surprised that yeah. Jerry Jones kind of went with the, I don't want to call it a safe move, but he kind of made the, I don't know, not a, like a crazy big splash. Well, I was going to say the, the reason why he went with a McCarthy rather than one of those, you know, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. is he felt like this team wasn't that far away. They didn't need to right. rebuild this entire roster. They just felt like they needed to retool. And that's, for the most part, I agree, because this team was a very talented team who, you know, they they basically had a playoff game against Philadelphia in Week 16, and they just weren't able to get their the, the players up for it. So, um, you know, they, they believe with a couple tweaks on offense and some, maybe some scheme changes on defense – they can be right back in the playoffs and be a contender in the NFC. Do you guys see that as a possibility with the Cowboys as soon as 2020? Absolutely. I mean, now their Cowboys have some questions that they have to resolve. For example, what are they going to do with Dak Prescott? That contract is hanging over their heads. Are they going to be able to afford Amari Cooper? That's hanging over their head. And I think those are significant questions. And if I'm not mistaken, don't they have another one of – Another one of their receivers is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Randall so, Cobb's a free agent Rod, as well. Randall Cobb. So they have some decisions to make. You know, the core of the team is going to be, I think, in place for the most part. But it's these these additional players that, you know, are kind of the the decorative part, if you, if you will, that they have to make decisions on. And I don't know if they're going to have enough resources to accommodate everybody. Yeah, I, I mean – you know, I, I would say this uh, again. I th- I think when you have the kind of talent that the Dallas Cowboys have, and we all recognize that they have talent. To me, it does. Even though there's going to be some changes, and there's going to, and Patricia just kind of talked about them. So for the sake of uh, time, I'm not going to you know kind of reemphasize them. But there are going to be changes to right each one of our squads that we cover on a daily basis. There are certainly going to be changes to the Dallas Cowboys. But when you're this talented, for the most part, when your core is that 
um, tied up and, and invested and, and for the most part invested well. I, I think all it takes is a little tweak here and a tweak there. You don't have a massive salvage operation here. You don't have a massive blow-up operation. Even the Redskins don't have that coming off of a three-win year. Certainly the Cowboys don't have it. So I think if Mike McCarthy truly knows what, again, he did right, what he did wrong in Green Bay, how, you know, and of course the the situation with Dak Prescott remains to be seen. How they handled that, I mean, I don't see him going anywhere, but I guess there's this wacky Michael Irvin uh, rumor as we discussed this. You know, I just think it's not going to take a whole lot to get the Cowboys going in the right direction. No, I'm with you. I think they're very talented across the board. It's just a they are in a weird spot because they have a lot of decisions to make on some core pieces like Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, you know, Byron Jones on the other side as well, and you bring in a new head coach. But if they are, for the most part, what they were last year, still with that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, I think they're going to be right in the fold. I don't think the NFC – the NFC is – there's a lot of teams that are – normally in the hunt but there aren't it isn't a a conference where I'm like all right here are the top six and boom Dallas just has no opportunity as long as there's not major turnover where Dak Prescott is elsewhere and Amari Cooper is elsewhere they're going to be playing you know for the NFC East late in the season just like they normally are so it it is a unique spot though because they do have some decisions to make on which guys they want to financially commit to hey Marcus I want to ask you uh speaking of which Michael Irvin apparently has uh, said that he might that he heard that maybe there was a possibility of Dak be moving on and uh, Tom Brady. Now that's in. the Jerry I mean, Jones I, rumor I, I, I was waiting for this offseason. <laughs> I, I, I was like, whoa, man, that that would be something. I mean, what are you hearing about that? Yeah. So the, the truth of the story is Michael Irvin was in Miami uh, for the Super Bowl and he was around some former Dallas Cowboys who. Uh, I, I wouldn't say have a role to team, but are close to Jerry Jones. And they were more uh, theorizing the potential of the Cowboys doing a move like that. Uh, I can tell you inside the Cowboys front office, that's absolutely not a conversation they have. Mm. Uh, Mike McCarthy took this job because he believes he can turn Dak Prescott into an elite quarterback. Um, that's just something that's not very realistic. It's a fun, a fun story to talk about in the beginning of February when there's nothing else going mm-hmm. on. Uh, but it's not something I, I anticipate happening at all. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and his future with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, we are back here at the Ultimate NFC East crossover edition of the Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Giants, Locked On Eagles, and Locked On Redskins podcast. Um, I want to talk about Dak Prescott from a uh, perspective from the, the division rivals. Um, it's pretty clear here in Dallas that the Cowboys are going to give Prescott an extension worth, you know, pr- probably $35, $36 million. Um, Patricia, we'll start with you. As a Giants fan, are, are, does that seem too expensive for Prescott? Uh, how do you feel about the Cowboys potentially locking up uh, Prescott for the foreseeable future? Hey, I say go for it. I mean, if the Giants can upgrade their talent to where they're not letting quarterbacks like Dak Prescott run wild and have all that day back there to throw, go ahead. Spend that salary cap money. That's less money you're going to have to keep <laughs> your, your talent down the line and get other other pieces. But but no, seriously, I mean, Dak Prescott is an interesting uh, player. He, he You know, he's developed. He's come a long way. I'm still not so sure, with all apologies to Cowboys fans here, but I'm still not so sure they can 
go all the way with him. But uh, certainly, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what effect Mike McCarthy has on him and, and how his system brings the most out of uh, Prescott. I'll jump in here on, on a Redskins perspective. I mean, guys, you know, that, again, can extend the play. Like Tony Romo used to just break the backs of the Washington Redskins time and time and time again until they just found a way on that Monday night game back in 2014 to just send heat-seeking missiles at him and just beat him to a pulp. Uh, you know, they have not been able to get that necessarily, that beat on Dak Prescott. He always finds a way to much like Carson Wentz against the Redskins, and maybe this is just more the Redskins than Carson Wentz and or Dak Prescott. He just finds a way to beat their coverage and break them down on a third and 12 when you, you know, you put all sorts of pressure on him or he'll sneak out the back door, you know, or they'll run a play action boot in the red zone. And he just finds a way again to, to kind of break their backs a little bit. So to me, I, you know, I've always been of the thought, look, uh, do I want to pay my quarterback $35 million a year uh, and the requisite salary cap hits? No, I, I don't want to do that. But we all, I think, understand, I, at least I, I think we all understand, that you cannot win with a bad quarterback. Absolutely. You cannot win with a mediocre quarterback, I don't think, on a consistent basis. And especially when you get in the playoffs, I think Tennessee – you know, kind, kind of sort of eventually found that out, right, when they ran into a brick wall against Kansas City because Tannehill couldn't do anything. Right. To me, like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but I'd rather have a good quarterback even if I'm overpaying. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of the guys that as long as I don't have an elite quarterback, I'm always going to keep looking for one. That's easier said than done because, you know, Chris, like you said, if you don't even have a good one, odds are sustained success is just not possible. So it's kind of an interesting spot with Dak Prescott. Like, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins in Minnesota with how strong that roster is. That's a spot that I would eventually, if I'm Minnesota, I would get antsy and want to upgrade. Same with San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are guys I think you can win with. I don't know if they're guys you can always win because of. I think Dak Prescott is, I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback, but I don't think he's certainly in that category either. I mean, there were some games this year against Philadelphia. Didn't throw a touchdown at 56% completion percentage against the Bears, against the Patriots. There were games this year where he struggled in big moments, but for the most part, I love having a quarterback that can run, that can extend plays, and when you know it's hard to really complain when a guy throws for almost five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns and with just eleven picks. So I, I don't want to say I think Dak Prescott's Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins in that kind of category, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, but I also don't think he's quite to the level of a, a tier one quarterback yet. Maybe I mean, and who knows? He could get to that point, but I don't know. That that's kind of where my head's at with Dak Prescott. Yeah, and here's me, something. Go ahead, oh, Patricia. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the thing to remember with quarterbacks, and this is the argument that I made a lot, and I know Giant fans, a lot of them didn't agree with me on this, but what is the role of the quarterback? To throw the ball. He's not a runner. You don't want a guy who, you know, can't read defenses as well, and so he compensates for taking off, you know, taking off with the ball and whatnot. He's got to be able to read defenses. He's got to be able to throw the ball. And, you know, Dak Prescott has done a better job at that. He's, he's gotten better at that. But, you know, I just think sometimes that people get 
they fall too in love with the mobile quarterbacks and they, you know, because they're exciting and they can, you know, run the ball and they're, they're up there in the rushing yard leaders, but the, but the end of the day, they have to be able to throw the ball and they have to be able to make plays with their arms. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll finish up with this. Um, you know, one of the things that you need to have in a young quarterback is you need to play well against your division. Uh, and while there's certainly been games for Prescott, uh, you know, you, can point to the Eagles game this year, the the basically the play-in game that he hasn't played well. For the most part, he's done an excellent job. Uh, mm-hmm. 18 and six in his 24 games in the division, uh, 45 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, he has played well in this division, and the hope is with bringing in M- Mike McCarthy, uh, maybe upgrading the wide receiver position even a little bit more. Uh, maybe with a healthier offensive line. They can get him to take that next step. Again, he's he's a pretty young quarterback. He's only 26 years old. They believe with some better coaching, they can get him to that next level where, okay, now that he is being paid more, you know, a higher salary, he can carry a little bit more of the team uh, rather than what maybe he did as a rookie or as a second-year player. So mm-hmm. while you're certainly going to have to pay him more, I think a lot of people around the Cowboys organization – are encouraged and optimistic about what Prescott is going to be into the future. All right, that is it for today's episode of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover Edition. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Go ahead, guys. uh, Tell us where you can find your work. Plug uh, your Twitter accounts for for all the listeners out there. You can find me at Patricia underscore Trina. And, of course, I'm the host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And you can find my written work on GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel. You can find me and, of course, our podcast on any platform, or we have our site, LockedOnEagles.com, and my written content is up at 97.3 ESPN.com. And I'm Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Redskins podcast. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621 or my podcast uh, at Locked Redskins uh, on Twitter as well. Read me, Redskins Report dot com and listen to me on 1067 the fan and the radio.com app throughout the washington dc area and i'm at marcus underscore Mosier. you can follow the podcast at locked on cowboys make sure you follow my co-host uh Landon mccool at mccool bcb on the next show on the ultimate nfc east crossover edition podcast we will be talking to uh patricia about the new york giants and what that new staff is going to look like under joe judge